Welcome to the Lovability Podcast. My name is Jennifer Stiers, and I'm here to talk love, relationships, sex, marriage, and everything in between. Hello, everyone. Uh, happy Wednesday. Uh, welcome to Lovability Podcast. We had just another uh, thing in our way today. <laughs> Trying to log on to Facebook to do Facebook Live. 2020. Uh, yeah, yeah. It was. Uh, it, w- it It kind of follows the chain, Brad, of me trying to get here today with all the slow drivers <laughs> in the left lane. Makes me insane. Slow to Jen is 75. That's very That's slow. slow. When, yes, it's very slow. Anyway, uh, so having said that. Um, Yes, left lane is for passing. Anyone that's watching or listening, the left lane in any state is for passing only. So get <laughs> over. <any> state. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Okay. Uh, <laughs> left means fast. So I'm all feisty now. So I told Brad we should get in a fight today on the podcast. Oh, we probably Be will. super fun. <laughs> Might as well use this energy correctly. All right. So uh, so welcome everyone, and um, thank you for being here. We wanted to do a podcast today where. Uh, it was an open mic concept again where you all could participate. We loved having you. It's always so much fun when we have you guys on participating. Uh, so the topic today uh, is self-sabotage. So it's that whole idea of it's not you, it's me. Uh, and it's that's kind of a joke, but it's really not a joke because at the end of the day, we said it last week, and I'll say it again, you know, the common denominator in every relationship is you. And if you're choosing the wrong people, or if you have the same patterns that keep happening over and over again, it is you. Yes, it's also people you're choosing, but it's you. Uh, so what's so funny, Brad? <laughs> Nothing. It uh, can't be me. It can't be us. It can't. It's got to be the other person. Yeah. And as long as people, I mean, I think the hardest, uh, the hardest part about this, Brad, is that what people do is they just cycle. They don't want to stop and look at themselves and do the work. And then they cycle into the next bad relationship, different person, same toxic cycle. And uh, so this is why we're here today and why we're talking about it. Uh, There are, luckily, there are a lot of common reasons uh, and a lot of common ways that people self-sabotage. Does, is anybody that's listening, is anybody, been uh, aware of their patterns. Does anybody know what your pattern is for self-sabotage? Do you know what yours is, Brad? Yeah. What is it? Share, Brad. Be vulnerable. (laughs) Vulnerable every time we go live. (laughs) Uh, Picking the wrong people, mainly. Bad picker. You've always told me I have a bad picker. Pick, well, that could go down all sorts of roads, but we'll just stick with I picked the wrong person. Okay. Okay. And, and if we were, and I, I think there's a lot of people that say that. I think there's a lot of people that come to the table with that whole deal. Yes, your picker's off because you haven't healed. You're operating from a place of an inappropriate pattern or an immature pattern in some cases where maybe you haven't. Well, we know which one I am. completely thought through things. Actually, here's the great thing. I mean, I can pick on Brad because he's right here. You know, the one thing that we can say here is Brad, Brad is aware because I've spoken to Brad before about this and he understands, he knows what his Achilles heel is. His Achilles heel is he chooses the wrong women because he's choosing them for outer appearances only. And he's not 
okay, two things. I can tell you what Brad's doing. Oh my God, here we go. Brad is choosing. Should I get on a couch? Do you have a couch I could lay down on? No, not necessary, but... He chooses, he chooses for outer appearances, which a lot of people do. They go for looks first. And, um, and the other thing is, is sometimes Brad will, because he's in social media, a lot, sometimes he'll choose people that have a high profile job and therefore they have a thousand, a million other people that are after them as well. I mean, you've just upped your stakes. Not that you can't get one, Brad, but you've just you've just upped your stakes of, of like the challenge of getting somebody yeah, that's that high know. profile. Anyway, uh, that's I've dated just... secretaries before. I wouldn't consider that high profile. Okay. And teachers, I wouldn't consider that high profile. Brad, don't make me call you out on the people you send me. <laughs> They're all in the media. They're all superstars. We're not dating. Like, <laughs> but that's who you want to date. Anyway, good. Everybody we wants a pretty person them. beside them. Uh, okay, so uh, everybody does want a pretty person beside them, but there's got to be substance because here's what happens. If we're choosing, if and it is a form of sabotage. If you're just choosing on looks alone and ignoring all the other stuff, you are sabotaging yourself because ultimately down the road, if you want more, and you may not, but if you want more, then you're going to, it's going to come to a point where whatever the problem is with that person uh, is going to come to a head and then the relationship's going to be over. And you are sabotaging yourself by not thinking things clearly through. But most people self-sabotage out of fear. Uh, They either fear being uh, abandoned, uh, which I deal with a lot uh, in counseling, uh, fear of abandonment, and there's fear of commitment. So a commitment for some people uh, is very scary because, well, here's where the correlation is. Love to them is scary. So when they get into a relationship and they start to have feelings for somebody, if growing up wasn't safe, if love to them, if they grew up in an abusive home, it doesn't have to be physically abusive, emotionally, mentally abusive, that's that's what love was to them, and they make that correlation, and they don't want that kind of love. They don't want to be smothered. They don't want to be abused, and so therefore they will sabotage the relationship, and 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 keep themselves out of it. The fear of the abandonment people sabotage themselves by being in a relationship and and getting out anytime there's a sign of trouble. Um, I know you guys are out there because there's a lot. That's that's the biggest self-sabotage I think that there is, Brad. And then the uh, second one um, in that fear line is is that fear of commitment. Um, and I had that- an article that said engulfment, which means you lose yourself. You feel like you're going to lose your self in a relationship, like you're not you're going to be dominated and you're it's going to take over your life. And but which again, I think it's an interesting piece that people think that because if that's love to you though if that's how love was where you did lose yourself and you didn't have an identity um or you lost your identity or you were controlled uh that that also somebody that uh that had that form of love and in this this is one of those two that can be relational so it could be that somebody that was in a really long marriage that they um were very miserable in that they couldn't get out of they might fear commitment. Uh, they, even though they may commit, be commitment-minded people, they may fear commitment because of the fact that they had such a hard time getting out and getting free. 
Um, so their freedom and independence is a big thing. They don't want to lose that. I think some of you can relate to that as well. Uh, so, uh, so anybody else stepping in with their and admitting their own? Put some mm, truth yet. serum in your Yeti. That's what Mike said. <laughs> okay. Um, am I not speaking the truth? I don't understand. Picking on me is what he was talking about. Oh, I, is Mike? Are you defending Brad? Um, so, well, I mean, uh, and I, as I commented, in the essence of time, we're not going to argue about this, but I do choose on a lot more than just looks. So. Okay. Yeah. All right. Brad is looking for more than just looks, but he does go by looks alone, which a lot of people do. I That's not fair. But okay. But for but, the of time, we're not going to discuss but for the, that. Okay, Brad. Well, we have many conversations about this. <laughs> All right. So, uh, so uh, choosing the wrong partners uh, and fearing abandonment. So abandonment's a big one, Brad. Abandonment is a big one. So let's, I want to hit that a little bit more just because I think there's a lot of people that may not understand uh, because people will say, well, I wasn't abandoned. Um, my parent was there with me. I had a great parent, um, like maybe like women with their dad. That's typically a, a big abandonment um, issue with women uh, and fearing commitment or actually running. Uh, so when when uh, things start to get tough in a relationship or, or they start to sense that there's trouble or they start to get insecure a little bit or you know, and again, it relates back to attachment styles. We talked about attachment styles. When they start to feel somebody's detaching from them a little bit, that's when somebody who fears abandonment is going to jump ship because they don't want to be abandoned. Therefore, they're going to jump in and do it first. It doesn't make sense to me, though, because if you're in fear of abandonment, why are you leaving the relationship? Because you you don't want they don't want to be abandoned so badly that they will leave first. They their defense mechanisms go up because they 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 go to it's fight or flight. They try to get safe, and so their only way of safety so it's their is controlling. To, their, it's trying to control it, and so it doesn't happen. So they don't have to feel that again. But but abandonment issues can happen when you have a parent in the house. It could be a parent that is an absent parent. Maybe they again we talked about this with attachment styles a little bit, but they could tr they could have traveled. Uh, they may not have been emotionally available uh, for you. Uh, so abandonment comes in all forms. If, if a child felt neglected, and that's what love was, that you know maybe they went to that parent that they needed and that parent was not there for them when they needed them, that would cause abandonment issues. So there's all forms of abandonment issues. But if you're one of those people that gets in a relationship and then the first sign of trouble or you start to feel hurt or somebody's hurting you and you start to go in the other direction, that's a form of self-sabotage. I mean, obviously the answer would be to talk it out, to go to that person and and fix the problem versus running from the problem. Sure. I mean, that's ultimately what you're supposed to do, right? But if you have that fear, that's not what you're going to do. You're going to leave, right? I mean, I think that's your point. So. What well, about another one? There's all sorts of them. One of the ones I wanted you to talk about that I found in a couple of articles that I saw some of the patterns of, of this stuff is what they titled as looking for an exit. Mm -hmm. So they start a relationship and it's kind of going well, but then the other party says, hey, why don't you come meet my parents? Or, you know, they want to take it to the next step and you're, you're like, nope, I'm out. I got to go. So well, that's like, the other end of know. the fear of, of commitment. That There was the fear of abandonment and then the fear of commitment. 
And so it's the same thing. So those are people, again, where they've correlated love with something unhealthy or abusive or something that they didn't feel uh, good about. Uh, so somewhere where they may have been, uh, maybe maybe they had controlling parents or they had abusive parents. Here's something that I talk about with my clients that I feel like would be a really good place if some of you haven't identified, even though I gave you 20 hours, if you haven't identified what your uh, fear of a, what your uh, self-sabotage uh, method is, uh, try looking at your definition of love. And I usually have every one of my clients write that out because everyone's definition of love is different. And so the interesting thing, Brad, is when I have a client that, you know, that I'll, say, I'll just ask them, what, what is your definition of love? Write it out. Use adjectives. And for some, you know, love is fear. Love is scary. Love is sad. Love is disappointing. I mean, these are adjectives that some people use. Yeah, exactly. So if this is your core, and this is, comes again from broken homes and broken childhoods. And so if this is your definition of love, why in the world would you want a relationship when you get older yep. with something that calls itself love? Before you get fixed, right? Before you get healthy. Yeah, exactly. Well, here's the thing, and and I I have a very low tolerance for this. This is super important. If you're one of those people that wears your wounds on your sleeve, like I'm broken, I've got this and that going on, don't don't wear it like a badge. Do something about it. Fix it. You know, go get help. Everybody has wounds. Everybody has childhood issues. Every, nobody had a, nobody had a perfect home, right? I always laugh because I always, I always compare my childhood to the Cleavers. We weren't Cleavers <laughs> in every sense, but just from the standpoint of you use that as an example, that loving, perfect little home people, nobody had the Cleavers, right? Nobody had that perfect upbringing. And you can't just, just accept that you're broken and not do the work to get better because I don't care if you're 30 years old, 40 years old, 50 years old, or 60 years old. If you don't do the work, the same crap is going to keep showing up in your life. Sure. The same dysfunction, the same hurt's going to keep showing up, the same wounds going to be keep getting hit if you don't do the work. So don't wear your wounds like a badge. Do something about it. Love to see this trend that has hap been happening with you guys getting healthy. Uh, I'm, I, I told you over, uh, over the uh, COVID-19 quarantine, I had a lot of men coming to me that were willing to do the work and understanding that they were, they were doing something to choose the wrong people. They were doing something to choose the wrong relationships. Uh, you, you guys, you have to be really careful to not fall in the trap of, number one, going for superficiality, just going on looks alone. And number two, jumping from relationship to relationship to cover up hurt or uh, loneliness without doing the work because you're just going to fall back into another unhealthy relationship. And people do cycle. I know some of you that are watching because I know you and I know you watch and you listen. You know what you're doing. You've got to take a break. The only way you're going to actually heal is to not be in any relationship at all and do the work. You can't do the work while you're in a toxic relationship. It doesn't work. You've got to get out. John jumped on here and said, my upbringing was more meat cleaver than Warden June. <laughs> I think that's 
funny. More what? Meat? Meat cleaver. I don't get it. <laughs> yeah, well, just keep. Okay. <laughs> I, don't, I don't get much um, unless it's a, <laughs> unless it's a stupid So you joke. just brought up one. It was also on the, a couple of articles that I read, which is the serial dater. Right. So you're breaking up with even the slightest of issues for potential long-term partners. Right. But you're like making excuses. Um, and again, we talked about this, I think, yesterday or when we were getting ready for all this stuff. But these folks that constantly f look for all the things wrong with the person on the other side of the table instead of all the things that are right. Right. And so you're naturally sabotaging that from the get-go because you don't see any of the good. You're only seeing what's wrong. Yeah. You know, I was just talking to somebody the other day, and, and it actually blew my mind because I was asking him why he didn't think he had found the one uh, yet. And he said, because I believe that people inherently are going to disappoint you or let me down. And... With that kind of belief system, I can promise you that's a self-fulfilling prophecy. They will. If that's what you think you're going to see, that's what you're going to be looking for. Like Brad just said, you're, you don't realize it, but if your subconscious mind is programmed that people are going to disappoint you, let you down, not be who they want, who you need them to be or who they say they're going to be, I promise you you're going to be looking for those things instead of the things like you need to be looking for of possibility and and maybe somebody's going to surprise you because there will always be people that will surprise you with things uh i'm i actually am constantly amazed by the power of the human spirit people people surprise and amaze me constantly at some of the things that they've gone through they've lived through they've overcome they're living through now uh, it, it, the, the human spirit is amazing. So, but going in with an attitude that someone's going to hurt you, lie to you, cheat on you, uh, anything like that, you're dooming yourself. You're sabotaging yourself mentally from the start. Yeah. They, um, one of these, <clears throat> excuse me, one of these articles called that assuming failure, mm -hmm. like you just automatically think it's not going to work. They're not the right person. Or the other thing, which you were just talking about is also assuming failure of yourself. I'm not worthy. Why are you with me? I don't understand that kind of stuff too. That self, low self-esteem, beats right. yourself up stuff. That's the same thing. You're just just bringing in all the failures and everything it can't be instead of everything it could be. Right. And there's going to be times, you've talked about it, we've talked about it. There's going to be times where you realize the red flags are too many and I got to get out. But that's after but, you've put forth the effort. But Brad, I mean, you just brought up another great point of self-sabotage. People that aren't willing to look at those red flags. They know the red flags are there. They've yep. seen the red flags. Stay too long. But they stay too long mm -hmm. because they don't want to leave for a variety of reasons, which we've talked about on other podcasts before. You know, they, they're afraid of being alone. They're afraid they're not going to find somebody else. They don't want to hurt the other person. I mean, there's a variety of reasons that people stay, but you're sabotaging yourself because ultimately, if there are major red flags, there's differences in your values. There's differences, like major differences in values, lifestyle, the big things, morals, beliefs. Right now, politics is a big one. I hate to say it, but it is, sadly, it's It's one of the most polarizing huge. issues in a relationship. It's so, I mean, I'm yeah. seeing people get in fights about that. But yeah. you've got to, and you, you, why can't mature adults just be mature adults and agree to disagree if there's places to disagree? or Because we're people. Because <laughs> we're humans. Anyway. Um, Are you ready? Because we got some we got some stuff happening out here. Yeah. So um, when we were talking about what people look for. Did I finish my sentence, though? I don't know. Did you? 
what was I talking about before you interrupted me? So that means you finished. Okay. Those people are always qualifying and never are happy. So again, talking about those people that constantly going in there looking at stuff. Uh, Brant says, this is good info. I've really backed off of the dating scene, mostly because I don't want to get started with someone only to find out six months later that she's the one I want to go the distance with once again. So that's his pattern. He, he stays long enough and then, and then, and then at some point, I guess it's gone. Um, you find out what you're looking for. So if you go in thinking it's going to be negative, that's what you're going to see. Um, Here's one. So how about, sorry, some of these things. So, so wait, Brant, you, you flew through Brant. So, uh, so Let me he's, read it again. he wants to get started with somebody or doesn't want to get started with somebody only to find out six months later that she's the one you wanted to go the distance with. So you lost an opportunity. You've got to identify what the fear is that's keeping you from, what is the fear that you have, Brant, that's keeping you from saying yes at the beginning when you meet them or keeping doors open and possibilities open. What are, what is the lies that you're telling yourself? What is the conversation in your head about why you're keeping them at a distance? And if you ever have gotten the opportunity six months down the road to be with that person, have you taken it? Because my guess would be that you figured out six months down the road that that's the person, but then I would wonder if you'd be able to stand in it based on whatever the wound is, uh, that you'd be able to stand in it if you actually got them. Just food for thought for you. Uh, hmm. So. By the way, nobody likes to stand in it. Just kidding. I'm just saying. It, okay. So here's one. So how about the one, this is from Brent. We got a lot of Brents and Brants and Brads. Okay. Um, how about the one who initiated the breakup then blames you for everything? I mean, that person's self-sabotaging, right? Because they're just pointing the finger. Yeah. And they're and taking it off. They the are, they don't realize they're self-sabotaging, but by just anybody that just points the finger at somebody else in a breakup or a divorce or anything like that, there's, there's issues on both ends. There's always responsibility on both ends. The person that wins after a breakup is the person that says they did this and I did this. You know, and these are the ways that I could have shown up that I didn't. These are the things that right. I didn't do that I could have done. And that's where the healing uh, comes in for that's that That's the self-analysis well. and self-awareness. And, and yeah, and it Brant is jumped back in here and said, she's not the one. So he's actually put in the commitment of staying. And then six months down the road figures out, oops, she's not the one. So, um Jody had a good statement, I thought. It says, every new relationship deserves a clean slate. You can't bring in. That is true. You know, you can't bring it in because that's self-sabotage, right? When we walk in and go, oh, gosh, she's doing this just like so-and-so or he's doing that. So, you Brant, know? I'm going to go back to Brant because it's a great conversation, and I think Brant's doing what a lot of people are doing. Number one, I'd look at your front end. Like, if you're getting into people into relationships with people quickly and uh, and then they're lasting about six months, I would look at the front end and, and number one, your self-analysis, how self-aware are you about what you want and what you need and what you need out of a relationship and another partner? And are you looking for those things from the beginning? And so if that girl is meeting all those things for you, pretty much all those things for you, what's happening six months in? Are you not seeing something during that six? Is there something you didn't see 
right? So this is where you have to look at your patterns. Overlooking. Yeah. Of what? It, yeah. What no. are you overlooking? Yeah. Uh, did did were there signs of whatever it was at the six month point? Because if it's a pattern at about six months that you're starting to see the light, that's a that's your pattern. That's not them. That's you, and that's you overlooking something or not choosing well in the first place. So just a couple things for you to she think is about. Fired up today, man. Fired up? How? Throwing lobbing bombs. <laughs> okay. So what else? What, what else do we? So have? Angie jumped in here and just kind of just giving you some compliments. Love your podcast. I encourage my single friends to have a listen. Yay. You've got great advice. I'm happily married, and yes, there's a silver lining to dating. Learn from the past. Really decide what you want in a partner. Mm -hmm. You have to be real. Also, she admits they're two imperfect people that love each other. And it's that's true. That's the way you got to look at it. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. Chad's been in here a lot talking about um, because of all the information you're sharing during the course of a relationship is what's is where you should start to figure this stuff out, I think is what he's saying. You've got to pause, people. You, know? you, you do have to pause in between relationships to figure out what – what went wrong and what went right. And I, I don't want to forget the right part because a lot of people look at what went wrong, but there is a pause that needs to happen before you get back out there dating because you're going to cycle the same toxicity over and over again. The same patterns will show up if you don't fix it. And, uh, uh, you know, I, this is what I've done for 25 years is help people figure out these patterns. It's not that hard. It's really, really not that hard. But the... The thing is, the hard part is looking in the mirror. That's the that's a difficult part for all of you out there listening and watching. It's being willing to look in the mirror and say, what am I contributing to this? How, how am I contributing to this? And looking for the pattern. And sometimes it is having to go back. I, I can't go back in every one of your childhoods right now as we're doing a podcast, but you've got to go back. Go back to your relationship with your parents. Go back. I have my clients do this. It's a, it's a great exercise. Ten adjectives to describe your dad, ten adjectives to describe your mom. Doesn't Positive or negative, it doesn't matter. Write those things down because in those you will start to, you'll start to see, number one, some of your patterns. You'll start to see... And before this talk today, you may not have, but now that we've started talking about patterns, you're talking about your definition of love, you'll start to see your patterns with the mom and dad lists. Um, if you had a partner, if you were to make a list of their traits, 10 adjectives and that, you would then see the mirror to either your father or mother. And hint, hint, for women, it's usually the dad. And mm -hmm. for men, it's usually mom. So when people say over the years, and you've heard it, men choose their mothers, gross, right? I get it. And girls choose their fathers, even more disgusting. <laughs> it's true. We choose the same personality, energy, feeling we got, wound. If there's a wound there, we're going to choose the wound to try to heal it. It's all subconscious. It's, it's not something you would ever sign up for, of course. But, uh, but that's where we go. Any other comments? Uh, none yet, but I did find some more stuff in, in this research that I was telling you about that I found that, um, oh, and, and she explains it like this, get curious about how you act in the relationship. And this is what you're saying. And I just want to read you a couple of things that she says, take a really good look at yourself and your behaviors in a relationship and ask yourself, are you someone who needs a lot of reassurance from your partner? Are you someone who gets nervous when things get too close? 
And so she comes up with the four horsemen, and you might want to address it, but she talks about, you know, criticism, defensiveness, contempt, and stonewalling. John Gottman's, yeah, know? John Gottman's death. So yeah. how often contempt, do you exhibit that? One. What are your go-tos when things are, are getting too close? Or what, you know, what do you believe, she, what are your beliefs you hold about yourself, and what are your beliefs you hold about your partner? And that's that self-awareness thing that's, um, you know, it's hard to do that. It's hard to do that sometimes. Uh, you know, um, Michael said dating is like a job interview. Uh, we want to ask all the right questions without uh, offending your date. Sometimes it takes months to find out who the real person is. Whew, I love that. Um, number, and that's true, right? Number one, you know, Brad and I were just talking about this. I think that what you just said is so important. People go into things not even being authentic. So... When you go into a first date or meeting somebody and you're just discussing surface things, you're not talking about the things that matter, you're, you're putting yourself out there like, this is my resume. This is who I am. This is my job. This is what I, this is what I do. This is how many, this is my family. This is my history. And, and that's all that's being presented is just, it's just a resume with some surface things where if you're not taking the time to get to know somebody and what makes them tick, and what to, to listen for, what wounds they have to listen, and ask. I would ask anybody why they why relation their current uh, previous relationships didn't work, why their marriage failed. Yep. Uh, you need to ask those questions. Offend somebody. You're offending yourself by wasting your time continuing to entertain a relationship with somebody you know nothing about intimately. Well, I think one of my favorites you've taught me is as the guy in a relationship is asking her what her relationship is with her dad. Yes. Because of what you said previously. And if that's broken, uh, that's my, I've got a pattern of that too. <laughs> so. A lot of you guys do actually. Uh, but you know what? Women, now I ask that question. I used to not. <laughs> so. And you know what, ladies, I'll say it because I really truly believe it. If you've got issues with your, if you have daddy issues, fix them. And guys, if you ever meet a woman who says, who doesn't have a good relationship with her father, um, and it's okay if she doesn't, if she doesn't have a good relationship, but she's done the work correct, and she's done the work and she's telling you why she has put boundaries up around it. That's different than somebody who has an estranged relationship with her father yeah. or has anger or resentment or contempt towards her father. If, if she has a bad relationship with her father, you just run, just run in the other direction. Uh, your your tendency, some of you guys, is going to be to save her. You can't save her. The only thing that can save her is her doing the work. So the only thing it's going to do is is it's a self sabotage. It's going to blow up in your face at some point. So. so what about the female that does have that challenging relationship with her father? Hasn't done the work yet. Is is she self sabotaging, looking for her dad in her partner? Like because I hear a lot of that too. Like they're sure. looking for daddy. Sure she yeah. is because she yeah. hasn't done and the one of the biggest forms of self-sabotage is not doing the work because you're out there cycling the same toxicity. Yeah. Yeah. Your own and who you're attracting. You'll never attract someone healthy. You'll never attract someone healthy if you're not healthy. So all you people out there that keep telling me, oh, I keep finding the wrong people, there aren't any good guys or any good girls. Well, you're not being you're not the right person yet for attracting that because if you were you would be drawing them in and that's a hard thing to hear and that's not a hard thing for me to say so let's <laughs> maybe after that traffic i'm kind of fired up but all the all the same 
you can't blame the dating pool because the dating pool is amazing. I can assure you, I do this for a living. I'm a matchmaker. I interview people. I counsel people. There are amazing souls out there, both men and women. If you're not finding them, it's you. It's you. Go ahead, Brad. I'm just going to let that sink in for a few seconds. What I was going to say is, okay, so we've got, you know, another eight or 10 minutes here. Why don't you help us understand then, you know, how do we start to fix? So let's say we've sat down, we've looked in the mirror and we've got our list together of how we self-sabotage or our patterns or whatever you want to, how guys, however you guys want to define that. But so now how do we start putting in the healing process and getting, and getting better to not do that in the future? What are some things that we need to do to stay away from that self-sabotage? Well, I mean, the answer is, is super easy. I mean, it's, it, it is one sentence, do the work. Stop dating, stop the cycle, stop the addiction, and do the work. You're never going to find the answers and you're never going to get healthy if, you're, if you are in an unhealthy relationship or entanglement or you're still dating. You've got to stop it all. You've got to, you've got to cut it all out and work on you. And I've given you some of the exercises, you know, what, what you need to write down your definition of love. You need to know what it means to you. There are no right or wrong answers. I tell everybody, it doesn't matter what your answer is. There are no right or wrong. This is a very difficult exercise, believe it or not, for some people, because they, they don't even know how to define it. But love is an energy. And that's the only cue I'm going to give you with the exercise. You've got to, you've got to know what your definition of love is. And then have somebody be able to look at that definition from the outside, not you, because you can't fix yourself. You cannot fix yourself. It is impossible. It is a hundred percent impossible. What's so funny? I just, I, I agree with you. I think it is. It's hard for us to sit down and do that, admit it, mm -hmm. and then say, what's, how do I fix it? We're going to say, oh, it's really not that bad. Right. No, that's, I only have three things when there's like 25, right? I mean, it, it's just the way it is. So it's human nature, self-protection. Right? right. That's what we're doing. We're just, we're just protecting ourselves. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and the, the only way you're going to protect yourself is to do the work is to get healthy because when you get healthy, you attract healthy. And, and I, I cannot say that enough. I, you know, people always ask me some that they'll come to me sometimes for matchmaking and I start listening to what they're saying and what their history is. And my answer to them is you don't need matchmaking because you're not ready to be in a relationship. You need coaching. Yeah. And then see if you can find a healthy relationship on your own after that. Because if, if your compass is pointing in the wrong direction, which mine is always directionally, uh, not relationally, directionally. Um, but if your compass is pointing in the wrong direction, you're always going to go the wrong way. You know, you're always it's usually the way it works. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so that's kind of how a compass functions. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, you got to do the, you've got to do the work. So, uh, so the, your definition of love, you also need to know your roots. So a really good place to start, as I said earlier, is, you know, write down those adjectives of mom and dad, because that's another form of self-sabotage too, by the way, is sometimes as you look at those lists, you realize that you've become your mom or dad. 
and that's an enlightening <gasps> that's an enlightening point. And I see that with a lot of women uh, that look at their list of their mom. Like I'm never going to be like my mom. And then they do their list, and they're like, Oh my god, I'm my mom. Like Oh my god, like I just had that happen yesterday. But it happens a lot with women. So reminds me of that TV commercial where that guy's counseling people on not becoming their mom and dad. Yeah, <laughs> have no, I haven't. And he goes, Who else reads books about submarines? And he goes my dad he's like 40 <laughs> he's reading a book about so he's got a little blanket on <laughs> just a little side note there it reminded me of that uh john says the healthier we become mentally physically emotionally and spiritually the more healthy people we attract into our lives that is true mm -hmm. that's very true john yeah uh if if you are attracting unhealthy people if you're attracting the wrong people if if any if versions of any of the above apply the answer is you. You've got to do the work. And I, I know you guys don't want to do it. I know you don't. I know that you're afraid of being vulnerable. You're afraid of, of learning. Here's the hard part. When, when you get the knowledge of what's stopping you and you know where you're broken and where you need to fix and where you need to show up, because somebody's going to give you the tools to be able to show up the right way. You've actually got to do it. And Brad, I think that's another form of self-sabotage is that people don't want to get better. There are plenty of people. I think I just wrote about that today, actually, on my post. There are plenty of people that don't want to get better. Um, what was that? What was? What did I post today? You mean to find Can you it? see it? Yeah, let me back up. You know, and it. the reason why is that was super important because when I posted it this morning, I said, there's a lot of people that are not going to understand these Is it words. your post about the left lane being for passing? No, not oh, that one. Not the that other one. one. Not the left lane one. But everyone should read that. <laughs> uh, do you want me to read the, all of it? Or you just, yeah, just, put, the, just the, the, go that? laugh in the places you've cried, change the narrative. Go laugh in the places you've cried, change the narrative. What that means is do the work, because when you change the story, then you change the outcome. That's right. But there's a lot of people that don't want to change the story because it's all they know, and and they're or afraid they don't know of how not changing either. There there, uh, there are tools and there are people out there to help them. They're afraid of changing because all they know is dysfunction. All they there is a fear of getting outside of even being uncomfortably, they're uncomfortably comfortable where yeah. they are. Mm -hmm. And they don't want to change because they're afraid they, they're, they're, they're just afraid of all of the ramifications of becoming a different person. The only way, the only thing that's going to happen is you're going to get better. Your life is going to be more fulfilling. You're going to be happier. When you change your relationship with yourself, it'll change every other relationship you have in your life. With your family, with your friends, with your employees, with your every every and every single thing, it will change. Yep. So, uh, so uh, okay. Well, I guess we're we have uh, kind of hit time. Do we have any other questions? Anybody bring any other questions? Nope. That sorry was the last you, comment. Yep. Sorry to make you jump around a little bit. Yeah. Uh, Y'all, I can't stress it enough. Uh, you could be your you could be your worst enemy in relationships, and most people are. And when when people do finally come to somebody like myself for help, it's always it's always a look in the mirror. Even if even when I take couples, I take them separately because it's not about I'm not going to sit there and fight with two people, you know, and get in the middle of their fight for an hour. <laughs> I separate them, and she I fights work, with them individually. 
<laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, I'm going to take them individually and I'm going to work on their stuff individually because when, when she shows up differently and he shows up differently, the whole relationship is different. And let me tell you this for all of you that are in a relationship with somebody that refuses to maybe get help. One person can change it. I can't even tell you the amount of relationships that have been saved by one person coming and doing, doing the work. And you showing up differently to that relationship can change everything, a absolutely everything. Um, I had a great story uh, years ago. A couple, uh, the woman was cheating on her husband. She was actually cheating on him. Uh, he was trying to save the marriage. She wanted nothing to do with it. They were headed to divorce. She wouldn't go get counseling. He came to see me. Uh, after the second session, he, I gave him some tools to go back home and start doing some things differently and treating her differently. Uh, she would not come see me. In fact, she was actually mad that he was coming to see me. And, uh, and by the fourth session, she was in there. She was in there and their marriage was saved because when he showed up differently, she, it, the story changed her, the life changed, the way, things that she was experiencing at home changed, everything changed. So she had to change. She was forced to change. And so one person can force that change. So, uh, don't be discouraged if it's only you coming to get the work. So there you, there you go. Okay. Well, thank you for being here. Always, always love your uh, feedback on the podcast. Love when you guys jump in and, uh, and hopefully we got to all everybody today. Yep. Uh, yep. Hopefully Brad was being mindful I'm being and, mindful. uh, and uh, thanks for being here and we'll see you all next week on the lovability podcast. This is Jennifer. Thanks for listening today and please subscribe to the podcast. Every single week we'll have new information. And if you'd like to find out more information or if you have any questions, please go to my website at lovegen.com or you can find me on Facebook at my personal page, Jennifer Styers.